Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back into Unrelated at Birth for another great topic. You know what, Adam? I believe this is our official one-year anniversary because we're kind of in the middle where last week was before and this week is after. Uh, but let's just go ahead and get it all started. I am the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you at, from the top of the state of Alabama in the Unrelated at Birth Studios here in Madison, Alabama. And you are from the House of Mouse. You are from St. Cloud, the middle of the state of Florida. Adam Joseph Russell, the phenomenal brother. That's me. Were you proud of me for um, holding off on talking until you officially brought I, I me was, in? Have I learned? I, you have learned. I am impressed. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's the least <laughs> I, I could to, do. I have to say this, Chrissy, if she had a quarter for every math test she'd failed, she'd have 630. Wow. There you go. There you go. How's your week been, man? Quarters into fractions. What's that? How's your week been? It's been been good. It's been good. We've been, uh, both of us have been busy. And and even on text, we haven't been able to talk that much. No, we haven't. Yeah, it's been busy for us. Highlight of this past week was finally getting out of the house, going to Universal. Um, The mask thing was better this time because we waited till Sunday. Um, So the crowds were better because everybody had stayed home because there was supposed to be a storm that day. Yeah. Um, Isaias, Isaias, however you say it. And um, it was also really breezy that 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 day. So um, it was actually really good. I, got, I sported my Ravenclaw mask and uh, Blair sported her uh, Hufflepuff. And once they get the kids sizes in, we're going to get the, the houses for the kids, too. But those was, those was, masks that they sell are actually really good. Was was Blair huffling and puffing that's <laughs> no, these masks handled really well i was i know it is but i know you're joking but the mask actually did really well this time it was a lot easier to to manage it still hot still um kind of bad but we went expecting to stay an hour they ended up not closing until six so we stayed for a couple and um got to do a few rides several times and just kind of enjoy yeah. ourselves and I, like we were, like i was telling you in the pre-show you know the kids aren't touching anything you know they're using their wrists to get out of things and not grabbing handrails and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see how even at their age, you know, they've adapted yeah. to the new normal, I guess they're calling it. The, no, there's no new normal yet. <laughs> there is no new normal. This is going to pass this. We will be back to the old normal. I promise. So we're going to go back to kids licking handrails and it'll happen. I'd really rather not. Well, I mean, we, we don't have to go to that, but there is no new normal. This yeah. is this is this is going to pass. It passed in 1918, and it'll pass in 20, 
probably middle of 2021. Well, the past in 1919, not to be Debbie Downer. Well, but that's the same thing that will happen here. I mean, you think so? First off, do you think Disney will allow the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom to happen with people in masks and kind of not wanting to see fireworks? And no, I know people think Disney can control the weather. I don't think we have a virus button. I will say, I will say mm. this though: seeing video of Disney, it's not the same magic, but it's a different type of magic, and it's magic that kind of makes me want to go even more. Well, it's a premium experience almost because right. the crowds are so low. It, I mean, watching Magic Kingdom, I have yet to see a, a wait time of more than 40 minutes mm -hmm. at any ride. Now, yeah. Ma Hollywood Studios is still pretty far out there. Yeah, It dies halfway through the day, though. If well, you all of their demand is at two places, and once they ride it, they leave. Right. If you, get there at 10, if you get there at 10 o'clock, you know, yeah, you're going to wait 60, 65 minutes for now. There's four rides. Yeah. That there's demand for yeah. five rides, maybe. But so my dad, yeah. he, he commented, there's now an excuse not to shake someone's hand. Can we all just agree that shaking hands is an outdated practice that just really needs to go away? Can, well, how about this? Instead of shaking hands, let's do the bash brother bash instead. You know, the elbow, the, the no, they don't do the elbow. It was wrist. It was uh, forearm the, the forearm. forearm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, the, the handshake really originated so that you could show someone you didn't have a weapon in your dominant hand. Right. I mean, can't we, can we get past that? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the, especially in negotiations for me, anytime I went to negotiations and someone gave me a limp handshake, I knew it was going to be an easy negotiation because that person wasn't dominant. Hmm. Or so if, if I if I go up to somebody and I'm you know in a negotiation as a procurement agent, yes, Virgil, I sell tars. I know it's coming in the comments. Um, <laughs> if I don't, if I stick my hand out to somebody to shake it and they don't look me in the eye and give me a firm hand to come back, then I know it's going to be an easy negotiation. Hmm. But if someone gives me a, a firm handshake and it's eye to eye contact, it's going to be a, a negotiation. You earn your money. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, for me, as as somebody who reads people for a living handshaking was a little bit of a tale. It was something I always look forward sure. to. Sure. Now we don't have that. Yeah. So Yeah. Hey, to me, handshakes and toilet paper are the two things I think we've learned are kind of unnecessary in our society. Can we just uh, use bidets? Do you have a bidet at your house? Um, I looked into it there for a while. I, I did too. For so long. They have the attachments, you know, you can clip on and all that kind of stuff. I look, can't, well, I mean, why do we, do you I mean, want all a of that of has water? to go somewhere? Do you want a stream of water up your butthole? Yeah, but it's it's like a Sonicare <laughs> toothbrush. You know, the first time you use a Sonicare toothbrush and it tickles your your gums, or the first time you use a water pick and it kind of hurts. Eventually, you just get used to it. Yeah, but why would you want to get used to a stream of water going up your butthole? Why did we get used to sticking our hand up there? I never stick my hand up my butthole. Hang on, my cam is crapping out. We can yes, keep talking I, though. I know, but we're we're actually recording here. Uh, yeah, but, we're recording a podcast. Yes, and and people can't see you, but they can see my great face. Uh, not anymore. Actually, it's still there. Thank you very much. <laughs> All I see is a little spinning wheel for you. Uh, so anyway, do we want to talk about my? Whoa, hey Grisham. Yep, there's Grisham. Oh, and this is video proof on the podcast. Go back to that view, Adam. What? Everybody look to Adam, look to the left of your video. You will see Adam has a Tennessee hat in his house. 
I do. It's autographed by Bill Dance. My dad got that for me. Yes, but he's still a Tennessee fan. Okay. He's a good fisherman. He's one of my favorite ones to watch on TV. Okay. Okay. There's more things than football in life. I think if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that sports are definitely not the thing. They're a Oh, thing. no. And, and I agree. They are not the thing. They are a thing. And that's we're going to make that a big point in this show tonight. Exactly. I was trying to give you a natural transition. But, but well, we're not going into sports yet, man. We got to well, talk the main about to- when are we going to get to the main topic? We're going to make everybody wait. Well, well yes, we got Barry the lead here. We we got to <laughs> we got to talk about my new obsession. And what's that? TikTok. Mm. I what? Look, I downloaded. We were this TikTok. close to banning it. We were so close to having it banned. So I downloaded TikTok because of Chrissy and Kevin's daughter, because she did a TikTok with with Ellie and Harper, and and I wanted to see it. And, and, you know, I, I hadn't really opened it since then. But then when Trump said he was going to ban it, I kind of wanted to see what was going on about it. And, and I woke up and it wasn't banned. And then, uh, you know, I noticed there was dad jokes on there. There was Hamilton stuff on there. It's it's great. How many times have I sent you a, Ham- a good Hamilton TikTok? Uh, no fewer than 136 in two days. Uh, no, not 136. But I'm exaggerating, obviously, but my point still stands. But they they are all good, <laughs> informative TikToks. There's no such thing as an informative TikTok. Carrie Loney. I mean, I love TikTok. There you go. I am. Okay, I am well, no, Dave. let's do this. How about my dad's comment? Dave is a Chinese spy. No, I'm not. I mean, we know well, that. you're aiding and abetting them. No, because it's now owned by Microsoft. The U.S. version it's is owned, owned by- in part by Mike. My- yeah. Okay. No, the U.S. The version. U.S. version is owned by Microsoft. And. So, by the way, if you and want to follow Microsoft me, Microsoft doesn't collect your data and track you. What do you have on your wrist? What do you carry in your in your pocket? Okay, normally, Adam, when you wear your I don't your use Apple, my Apple Watch anymore. Oh, do you not? Mm-mm. Do you have your Google Play? Uh, we've unplugged most of the Google Homes in the house except for the one in the main area because they just don't do any good. They serve no purpose. Half the time when you ask them to do something, it's like, I haven't learned that yet, but I'm learning new things every day. I was just tired of asking it for stuff it wouldn't do. They don't serve okay. any purpose. Yeah, mine but, does. It runs yeah. my net. Mine runs my Nest. Mine runs my you can run um, your Nest from your phone. Yeah, but it runs. It also runs my Roomba. It, it doesn't it, run your Roomba. It yes. is one way that you can. No, it doesn't run your Roomba. Your Roomba runs autonomously. You use Google Home to activate a certain command inside there. It doesn't run it. You could do that from your phone if you wanted to. Okay, but your phone is collecting data about you. Yeah, uh, it sends it to to. to but my work they, requires me to have that with me. I can't get away from that. Okay, my work doesn't Every, require me to have a thing in my house that I say, "Hey, uh, Google, uh, how many pounds are in a ton?" You know. Look, everything is collecting data about you. The car you drive is collecting data about you. Do you have? So, I, I what's the point? You know, everyone will know where you are, how you are, what you wear, what you. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. Zero, nothing, nada. Yeah. So Bill Gates now knows you're the world's biggest Hamilton fan. No big deal, right? I mean, I mean that's really that's all they're going to know about Dave when you're done watching TikTok videos. They know I'm a dad of Twitter, a dad of TikTok. They know that I'm a Disney fan. They know I'm a Harry Potter fan. They know I like Hamilton. Sure. What 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 matters? Who cares? By the way, if you want to follow me, I'm at Dave Adams 18. I don't know why the 18. That's just what it, it send, sent me. 
but I, there are cool videos of me. There's one of me singing. There's there's me doing the oh, the challenge man. thing. There there's uh, the I mean, challenge thing. You know, put your finger down if you know this song. You know, there's one of me. Oh, ooh ooh ooh! I got this one. I got this one. Hold up. Let me see if I can figure out how to do this. Let's see. My Let's mom see. said they know you do yoga. Unfortunately, mom, everybody knows he does yoga because that's all he talks about now. It's like his CrossFit. No. That should probably be a little higher than two. What is this? Top 10 country songs of the 90s. Number two. Fancy is number one. No Garth Brooks. Hmm, that's hard to believe. No Garth Brooks in the number one spot. None. Yeah, but that was zero. Who made that list though? It's one of the guys on the AL.com. You know, it's Southern. The ostrich. Yeah, the ostrich. Yeah. Yeah, Matt the ostrich. Where is Garth? Garth deserves to be in the Garth should be number well, one. Well, he, he's removed himself from the running on everything now, even TikTok lists, I hear. Not just Entertainer of the Year. He has told everybody if you make a list on TikTok, do not include me in it. Other people need to be promoted. Yeah. Harry uh, Loney, <laughs> are you kidding? He said cool videos and videos of him singing in the same breath. You guys all chuckled too, right? Carrie. I did. Not, not, yeah, I know, but. But we have well, to stop distracting you with the comments. I just made a joke of something relevant about something that happened with Garth Brooks this week. And all I got from you was, yeah. Look, yeah. Garth Brooks made a good point. He he did a good thing and oh took himself God. out of the run. What? Are, you don't think that was a good thing? That wasn't no, a. No, it was a, not a good thing. That There's wasn't no, Garth being who Garth. in the world? Who. Was it Garth being Garth Brooks in terms of, oh, everyone, look at me. I'm the country he music Oprah. He was it, it was Garth year. Brooks doing the Trisha Yearwood thing of what can I do to make myself somewhat relevant and get myself back in the news cycle. That's all it was. There is nobody, nobody right now, underlying bold italics, nobody who can entertain like Garth Brooks does. And he would continue to dominate because all you have doing country music right now is a bunch of pretty boys in skinny jeans with cap no. teeth. And tattoos. Eric Church. Eric Church. Yeah. Brad okay, Paisley. Okay, keep going. Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley hasn't done anything but but commercials with Peyton Manning for the last three years. But Brad Paisley is still one of the best guys. I know you don't like it, but uh, Keith Urban. What? I don't have a problem with Keith Urban. You're the one that has a problem with Keith Urban. Well, I have a I have a problem. What with are you his. talking about? I don't like it. I'm the one that likes the fighter, dude. I like. Yeah, I have a stuff. I have a problem with that song. Uh, yes, Carrie Loney, Chris Gaines needs to come back. I wish they would make that movie that they were supposed to make. I mean, why not? You have so I many mean, streaming it, platforms to put it on. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you don't have to sell a movie studio anymore. Yeah, exactly. Just put yeah. it out there. Um, although NBC Universal is is going belly up. Not belly up, but they're they're laying off 10% of their workforce. Yeah. So uh, here you go. Jason Porter says he met the ostrich. He's a nice guy. Well, he doesn't know 90s country. Fancy does not deserve to be the number one spot. Well, how old was he in the nineties? Is he our age? I think he's our age. I is think. He our age? Yeah. I just, I, I can't do it. I, Fancy is probably top five, but it's not number one. Chattahoochee is probably number one. Oh, mm. 
he only had carrying your love with me as number nine. So he only put King George once in that list. King George yeah, should have been of his that, that should have made it. I mean, check yes or no. Uh, Clear blue sky. Yeah, I was going to say clear blue sky. Yeah, uh, or blue clear, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, blue clear sky. I, Garth should have been in there for sure. You got to have Reba at some point. Oh but. yeah, it's but and, and then is it fancy or is it? I mean, I know that's the song that that has a lot of crossover, but let's think about it in the '90s country. Yeah, but uh, I think Carrie, if you look yeah. at Carrie said, "Where's check or, check yes or no?" Exactly. To me, that's his '90s song. Carrying yeah. your love with me is good. But it's not check yes or no. So Chrissy says anyone that doesn't know '90s country is no friend of mine. So it's, I'm I'm guessing um, any man of mine is she saying needs to listen to '90s country or not? I, I think she's definitely. And I have to that. say, so I was cutting the grass the other day listening to um, Prime Country on yeah, Shimmy and Shake. And I think we quake. we have to apologize. Kick a doom, turn, stomp, stomp. <laughs> then you jump from heel to toe. That's Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, so your boots want to shake it to you. And your back That's Keep Hannah Montana. You just can't take anymore. Come on, everybody. On the floor. One, two, a three, four. That's, that's oh, the end oh, of... Sorry, sorry. I thought you were that, doing that Hannah Montana thing. That no, time. that's the but, end but, of, any, of any man of mine. Yeah. But the, um, the thing that I have to say is that our generation has to apologize. We allowed Shania Twain to happen and we bought her albums because back then you had to buy it to get it you know we bought it for the cover Napster. we bought but, it for but the cover. still but we still bought it we have to apologize we owe modern day country music listeners an apology because that opened the door for a lot of what we deal with today well and let's be honest it was not good it was not good let's be honest we championed garth sure but garth opened the door for it too because yeah, of his, his 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 style, yeah, but he's so, but but he's a storyteller. Style is one thing. These songs right. are all about a guy trying to get a girl at a bar, and he wants to drive down to the river. That's all every single song is about anymore. Nobody's crying over heartache or songs about their jobs or songs about family. It's all a dude trying to get a girl. That's it. There's not a dude that hasn't put a song out like that in three or four years. And I think that we uh, we owe everybody an apology for allowing some of that. To in happen. three or four we, years, we let Colin Ray we let Colin Ray do spoken word in the middle of a song, dude. But how much did I love that song in two thousand? <laughs> I know me too. Sing, sitting still. in your red Dodge Dakota, listening to it off the tape player. I had Colin Ray. I drove on tape, man. you and I. You and I <laughs> drove from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa and back to Tuscaloosa. I thought it was gone. I thought I could move on. But I was wrong. Uh, I know. How we, was we, I to know? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But, I thought um, it was over. <laughs> but yeah. But I was wrong. But 90s country, you know, it has stay in power, man. That's that's the one. Always. About it. But that list should have been a little bit different. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I would say probably, and if I know I'm probably a little biased because of what this song meant to me. But the number one country song of the decade is The Dance. Yeah, the dance is good. I mean, you tell me that someone today is going to put out the Red Strokes. Yeah. Who would even write that song and, and, and produce it today? Nobody. All right, Adam, our resident Canadian, Brad Toon. <laughs> You're welcome, Adam. Canada sent you Shania with love. Can we send, send you us, just... 
Can we send you Justin Bieber back, please? Yeah, we'll keep Michael Bublé. You can have everyone else that you send yeah, over exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except the uh, Canadian, the hockey's. We want to keep the hockey players. Yeah, we Go can Preds. do that. Go Preds. We can do that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, there is our our segue, but we can't. We our segues are now. Virgil asked a question. That's right. So we've got two in the hopper. Which one are we using tonight? Do we have two in the hopper? I was just looking. Um, yeah, let's, let's do this one. Yeah, Brad, too. First one we have. No take backs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we, has, has um, the United States ever contributed anything to Canadian culture? Like the Beavers or the Shania's? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we, to, we, maybe we could send them Luke Bryan. There you go. Or Florida Georgia Line. Ooh, or um, Kane Brown. I think that'd be a good thank you gift. There you go. Here you go. Carrie Loney. This is why I'm thankful for Stapleton, Sturgis, and Musgraves. True storytellers are still there. I feel like they're starting to gain more and more traction. Now, here is going to be Adam's pet peeve. Adam doesn't like this group. Why, Adam? Sturgill and Musgraves I don't have as much of a beef, beef with as I do Stapleton. Stapleton made his name writing songs for Luke Bryan, contributing to the problem. And then I guess you could say that when he had enough notoriety, he finally got his chance to do what he was really wanting to do. I honestly think if I had to say because of Stapleton writing those songs for Luke Bryan in the past, he is a hat act. It's what we used to say in the 90s, right? He's a hat act. He puts on the cowboy hat and he goes out there and sings the song about all that stuff. And he tries to cater to the willy crowd with singing about weed and everybody else singing about what is it? Broken angels or whatever, broken wings or whatever that song is, you know, to get everybody in. I think it's all just, he's a character. He, he's the golden voice of the South of country music. It's a persona that be, that's put forth. So he made his name writing songs for somebody that then turned a corner and decided to go to party country. Right. I would say, let's see. No, 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 no. I, Hang on. I, I hear Hang on. I hear your point, but let me make another point. Who was one of your favorite singers in the late 90s in 2000, 2001? Well, just tell me because there were a lot of them. Phil Vassar. <laughs> yeah. Who did Phil Vassar make a, his name for writing songs for? I have no idea. Why don't you tell me? Tim McGraw, who then became a party country boy. So Stapleton yeah. is now Phil Vassar. Okay, country music at the time that Phil Vassar came around was not in a crisis of a I bunch of people who could no longer. I had a barbecue stain on my white T-shirt. She was killing me with that yeah. mini skirt. Okay, it's the same thing. As and Luke then that Ryan same that now. same guy turned around before he turned into more of a Tim McGraw. More turned into like a country music poet. Like his, he he got very existential on us. But Tim McGraw could also turn around and sing "Please Remember Me," "Red Rag Top." Songs that had a deeper meaning about life situations. Barbecue stain on a white t-shirt wasn't repeated over and over and over. And I'll say they're good examples. Every song wasn't like that with Tim McGraw is what I'm saying. Everywhere, the yeah. same the same album had everywhere on it. That's true. Okay. You know what I mean? But you look at like Dirk Bentley. I think Dirk Bentley has done the opposite. Dirk Bentley turned, um, what, what was that? Uh, he had a song about a white t-shirt. And, and, 
That um, was his first song. The very first and, and, song. And I saw him open. I can't remember who we saw him open for, but we saw, I think it was Rascal Flatts. And he caught, he said that line 75 times throughout the show just to get people to cheer because they thought he was about to sing it. He's actually, with, with Mountain Man, this latest album, he's actually turned into a storyteller no, from you know somebody he, who went the other way. Do you know what he's turned into? What? Country Nights. Hot Country Nights. He's yeah. turned back into a 90s country star. In a way, yeah. I mean, listen to the Hot Country Nights album. But but he's, he steps on the stage and he's a guy with a beard and a guitar. Chris Stapleton comes out with that Richard Petty looking hat and the long hair and the beard. It's an act, dude. It, it has too many of the trappings around it to be genuine when he wrote for Luke Bryan and stuff like that before. That's the only point about Stapleton. And like you said, everybody's entitled to opinion. Chris, Starbucks coffee is to you as Chris Stapleton is to me in country music. So there you go. I just think Chris Stable can can sing his way out of a out of a paper bag. Oh, he can. He sounds I mean, a lot like Travis Tritt. Yeah, but you don't hear Chris Stapleton singing about um, "You Don't Love Me Anymore." Have you I mean, listened to his two albums? Have you listened <laughs> yes, to his album? I have. Yes, and I Chris can't Stapleton, get past. I can't get past most of the songs in order to find that. That's Chris Stapleton is Jamie Johnson. By the way, why don't we hear more from Jamie Johnson? He wasn't in demand anymore. He came at the. He was a. He was at the wrong time. He showed oh, up at the dude. wrong time. I could Stars over him. Alabama. Mm-hmm. I could listen to him uh, in color. I could listen to that all day. Yeah. And in fact, I, I could, and I probably cry every time I heard it. Sure. So, all right. Absolutely. Virgil, let's ask your question. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a breed of dog. Uh, English aristocrats use this breed of dog to run alongside their carriages to stop other dogs or animals from attacking or spooking the horses. Seeing this, soon firefighter carriages use them for the same purpose, and also because the horses are afraid of fire, the presence of the dogs could distract and comfort the horses as they got closer to the fire. The dogs would then stand guard near the wagon to ensure that the um, items that the firemen had on the wagon were not stolen, uh, or the wagon was not stolen, or even the horses were not stolen. Okay, my question is, what breed of dog is it? It's the same breed of dog that has a dog's name, Pongo. <laughs> That's right. Tied it back to Disney. Good job. <laughs> There's 101 of them. Yep, yeah. Dalmatians. Yep. I did yeah. not know that. I didn't. I didn't know all of that. Um, but um, like with the Clydesdales and the Budweiser wagon and all that stuff too, they were they were on that too. Yeah, just tradition at that point. I don't think we're, I don't think anybody'd steal those horses, but <laughs> you know. probably not. But it, yeah. it is true tradition, and and even now, no one's going to steal a fire truck, fire engine. But I don't. Hey, in Minneapolis, you never know, dude. Do do we gotta go political? We're we're going to get political. political. I stated a fact. We're going to get political enough with this next topic. I just stated a fact. Okay. You did just state a fact. Okay. So here it is. You see the balls behind me. If you're watching the show, Uh, we're going to talk about, are the balls behind me safe to handle? Um, Are we allowed, you know, sports are back. That's great. We, we love it. You know, I'm sitting here watching the Braves and the Blue Jays right now. Uh, But is it a good thing that sports are back? Adam, you're the one that's going to bring a lot of fact. I'm going to bring a lot of passion. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's just how we are. 
It's true. You know, you're Burr, I'm Hamilton. By the way, in this if, regard, if, yes. If not in most regards, if if you if, back to the last week, it, you know, Burr is all up and down with four you know he's years. very. Been here for four years. Sorry, what are you watching? It, it it came off of mute. My bad. Okay, <laughs> Burr is is very straight lined, analytical. Hamilton's up and down, left and right. You know, all these. This is how I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it with passion. You're coming at it up and down, straight lines, analytical. So let's do it. In, in your opinion, Adam, are sports good? Are sports okay? And is it good that they're back? Uh, and and really, let's, let's, let's say this. Oh, there's caveats. Okay. Well, no, here's the caveat Adam is, he's an employee of Disney. And a lot of the, some of the sports that are happening are on the Disney property. So I don't want anybody listening thinking that he's speaking for the Disney company. He is speaking for Adam Russell, not Disney at all. So th this has nothing to do with where he works. Thank you. So go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my co-counsel or my counsel, Dave Adams. So um, I, I do think it's good that they're back. I think that you look around the world with the Australians and Australian rules football has been back. Soccer or football has been back in, in places around the world. I think that had you tried to pull it off earlier in the spring, I don't think it would have flown because it was still at a time when deaths were really high. You know, things were in shortage and a lot of that was going on. I think Americans are getting a little bit more settled into this whole thing. And the way I related it to Blair today, it kind of made me laugh as it hit me that, you know, 14 members of the Marlins and 12 members of the Cardinals or something like that have all tested positive for coronavirus. But why? But why? Well, we'll ask why in a second, but you know, okay. they, they tested positive, but no one's really batted an eye at it. Freddie Freeman tested positive. And you're like, oh man, I feel bad for him. I hope it gets better. But I rewind all the way back to the very first celebrity who really caught this, and it was Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're going to lose Tom Hanks. He's going to die. The greatest actor is going to die. Oh no. Now all of these athletes are getting, we kind of shrug. Americans kind of settled into the reality of this. And I think everybody understands this is not the thing that's going to end the world if we don't let it. <laughs> Decisions that politicians make could still let it change the world significantly. But I think at, the, at this point now, I think Americans are mentally ready for it. I think that this has proven itself out to not to be as dangerous as we thought. It, it's just for me, I think the entertainment needs to be there. I think that is as deprioritized i think sports has become in a lot of people's minds i think it's important to have it back um and i think the fact that they're existing in a bubble means that if they do have 12 or 14 here and there or however many you know breakouts happen they're not going to go spreading it to fans spreading it to other people that type of thing so i feel like they've mitigated the risk as best they can in order to bring something back because you don't want what's happened to sports or what's happening to other places happen to sports where sports leagues or teams are having to fold you know right so I think I think it's the right time, and I think it's the right thing to do. So let's let's go ahead. There's a couple of questions we've got we've got to take here. Sure. Um, Brad Toon, let's get to your your fantasy world. Uh, as long as the Raptors win the championship again, and the Canadian and a Canadian team, hopefully the Flames win the Stanley Cup, sports can continue. Well, let's let's be honest here, Brad. You're also the country that won't let the Toronto Blue Jays play their home game at Rogers Center. It's true. So I, Brad. The Blue Jays have a good year. They have a good chance to win the the championship. What if they win the World Series? 
Are you going to claim that the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays have won? No, because it's the Buffalo Blue Jays this year. <laughs> One true. for the United States. That's uh, true. The Raptors aren't going to win it this year. Let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade. The Lakers are going to win this. It's it's inevitable. If um, they don't, it'll be amazing because they yeah. literally built the team for this. Right. And who's going to win the cup this year? Well, that's only only one team and one team only from the good old South, the Nashville Predators. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I'm a Preds fan. Uh, but, you know, and then we got to go here. Uh, your dad, did you see with the Pac-10? First off, Virgil, it's the Pac-12. Um, but did you see what they announced? Uh, some of the players said that they want to be able to sit the year out and uh, still keep their eligibility. I think a couple of those players have then since been kicked off of the team from UCLA. Um, so they whined and, and they got their wish. They, they are no longer a member of that team. I, I, I think it's stupid. By the time the football season rolls around, you're only playing in your little bubble anyway. Pac-12, no one thinks you're going to win anything in the in the national championship realm anyway. I don't care what you do in the Pac-12. I'm sorry. I know we have California listeners. I know we have people that, that listen true. to us from the area. But name a team that can, could have competed this year in the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit differently about college sports, though. Because – with we've, this is the whole transfer portal conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It, it goes kind of back to that, that line of thinking, because if I'm a major league baseball player and I'm represented by an overall players union that, that speaks on behalf of me, I'm a grown adult making grown adult decisions as part of my job. You know, it's, it's like if someone says you can either work remotely for a time being, we'll still pay you, or you can come into the office and, and work here with us, you know, you you have a choice to make there. If they say stay at home and you don't get paid or come into the office, you have a choice to make there too. With a college kid though, I only have eligibility if I'm enrolled. Right. And I can only be enrolled if I'm on campus. Right. And so you have, they have to put themselves not in a bubble like the NBA. I mean, and trust me, they called my team and said, Hey, we want you to support the IT needs of the NBA we can't even get to half the places we need to get to to do that. That bubble is so tight and it should be so, around the players. I, but in college. Okay. Go to this. I'm going to rabbit hole. But in college, I have to set foot on a physical campus. I have to live in certain on-campus housing. I have to eat at certain places. If I'm an athlete, I have to go to team meetings. I have to be in places where there are lots of other people to put myself at more of a risk to play something. And I think that's where you could make an argument that yes, from purely a, a, a health perspective, I'm not talking about, there's a lot of other conversations with eligibility and players playing around, you know, kneeling and, and injustice and all of that stuff too, just purely from a health perspective, you're asking so much more out of these. Yes. Technically they're still adults. They're all over the age of 18, but you're asking significantly more of them to be able to play a sport than you're asking of a professional athlete at this point in time. And that's where I think that if they decided to sit out, they should probably be able to keep that year of eligibility. So let's ask this. Yeah. We've already determined that that age range is not the most at risk. And we've already determined that your physical health 
plays a lot into it. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a low risk age range. It can happen, but it's rare-ish. Plus, people who are at their, their peak physical performance. Mm -hmm. So they're already in two categories lower at risk to get this. Yeah, but ultimately, this is the problem with the whole national conversation around this virus is everybody's worried about the individual person. And the problem is, is I'm asking you to step into a campus environment, on-campus housing, on-campus dining, team meetings, and then I'm going to go home and visit my grandmother this weekend. But or they're not going to be able to. But they're I'm not going to be able to. You're going to tell somebody that's a college student that they can't go home. None, none of these football team, none of this football team can go home during what football if one season. Of their relatives passes away. They're not going to be able to go. And if they go, they're not going to be able to play. And then they lose their year of eligibility. You can't do that to a kid, man. You can do that to you can do that to Yasiel Puig or Freddie Freeman, who's a grown adult that can make grown man decisions, who's getting paid to do this. You cannot. Just like with the transfer portal, you cannot take a child, a young adult, I won't say child, young adult, who is there, is not getting paid a red cent to be there other than their schooling itself and hold them hostage and tell them they can't leave. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's one thing for LeBron James. The dude's a millionaire. Right. But half of these kids, half of these kids, that's, they don't have that much outside of what they're getting in college. You can't hold them. They're hostage. So here's my thought. I think at the beginning of the season, you say, you, you lay it out. You say, here, here are your options. September 1, you have until September 1 to tell me you want to lay out. If you do that, this is your red shirt year. If you have used your red shirt, we will grant you a medical red shirt. But after September 1, there's no layout period. So if September the 2nd, I get it. Because I had to go to a, a microeconomics class and five guys there had it and I get it from them. Now I'm going to lose my year of eligibility because you made me go to class. There is a medical, that, but there is a medical red, there is a medical red shirt. It, so anytime during the season, if you get a medical injury, anything like that, medical injury, you can you medical pre, red shirt. So, so you're saying post September the 2nd, if I get this. You're going to medical redshirt. You can medical redshirt. Right. See, I, I think this is ultimately at the end of the day. It's the problem with college sports is that in the major leagues, you hear all these people talking about owners and trading and all that stuff, how people are treated like property. They're doing the same thing to these kids. And just because colleges and universities have built themselves to be reliant on football income, you're going to put these kids at risk so that the university can make its money so that the university can get its TV money so that it can keep doing what it needs to do. I think instead of taking all of these young children, kids, young adults, whatever you want to call them, and putting them at risk by forcing the issue on them, these colleges need to rethink the way that they build their financial structures. I mean, because this could happen again in five more years and we're stuck in the same thing again. I mean, this could happen at any time. And I just think we're treating these kids again like property. You will do what I say and follow my rules or else your future is at risk. We're not saying that to anybody else that's a child in this scenario. And I just think it's crap. You and I already have a, a different view of this anyway. 
because when the with the transfer portal thing came up, this was this is probably one of our biggest arguments we've ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you view it as a, as a way that we're not even going to talk about because of this political climate. <laughs> um, but the kids, quote unquote, as, and using your terms, okay, knew what they were signing up for when they signed up for it. Ninety percent of these kids are using this as a leverage to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit out and wait another year to get to the next level, great. Go for it. This your prerogative. It's your prerogative. But you have a job to do. Your job, when you came on campus, knowing your job was going to be a student athlete. So that's the you problem. Were going to, but that's you were the going problem. To, no, Adam. Adam. No, Dave. According Adam, to the according to the finish. NCAA. According let me to the, no, can, no, can, no, Linda, Linda, no, you cannot. Linda, listen, no, you cannot. Listen, listen. Because according to the NCAA itself, this is not a job. These are students who are performing a task for their own enrichment and extracurricular activity. And if you're going to sit there and look a college student in the eyes and say, you knew what you signed up for when you came up here, you're going to do what I very well say, or you're not going to the NFL while you're still doing okay. You might break your leg in the next year. And you know what? That's too bad for you. That just, and, and Jason says an unpopular opinion, college athletes are labor. They exchange their labor for free or discounted tuition room or board. I don't disagree with that at all, but I would say that that tuition room and board is not proportional to the financial impact they have on that college because that college has built its entire financial future on the backs of young men who want to make it to the NFL of which most of them want. Okay. Let me take a step further. Your mom asked a very poignant question. Dave, what if it were your son? Let me tell you what my father always told me. My job is school. When I was in high school and college, my job is school. Mm-hmm. What I signed up for, if, if my son signed up to play football at Alabama or Westminster or wherever, I don't have a son. But if my son signed up to play football, his job is school and football. And we are told to do that at the best of our ability. If my job gives me the out September 1, and I think with my doctor's opinion that I should not do it, I sit down. I don't make a fuss. I say, hey, I'm sitting out. I'll redshirt, whatever. I'm done for this year. I get off Twitter. I don't talk football on Twitter, except we talk football, but we don't talk the ins and outs of football. If If my doctor says it's okay to play and I continue to play, then I tell my son, you signed up for this. With prayerful consideration, you continued with this. You do what you feel God has led you to do, and you don't complain about it afterwards. Your job is to do what you signed up to do to the best of your ability and go from there. Your mom says he's a kid. He has the rest of his life to work. And, and that's the same point. Go, go ahead and finish, but that's the same point I was about to make. I get it. He's a kid. Let him be a kid for a little bit. Fine. But his job is to do school. 
His job is to let his yes be yes and his no be no. Am I would I would that be considered a part of my French? You're gonna to have to bleep me out when you record when you Please. edit this. <laughs> okay. But is that me being a hard ass? Yes. But is that me? Is that me being a father that says you made a commitment? Stick to your commitment. Yeah. That's just how that's how I was raised. If you commit to something, you see it through. No matter what's going on and no matter the potential consequences. I mean, that's yeah. where you have to that's where you have to leverage common sense in a situation like that, though. To your point, under prayerful consideration and taking mm -hmm. your doctor's advice into account and everything. But if I if I tell Major League Baseball, here's the rules by which you're going to come back to work. You said you signed a, a contract, you have a contract, you're not going to get paid otherwise. This is what you're going to do. They've already made, you know, in the first three years, more than most people make in the first 15 years of their career. That they can make it for a while. But if you tell one of these kids, you're going to lose your year of eligibility, or let's say that a kid gets halfway through, let's say two games into the season, it's obvious that this is starting to break out. And the NCAA doubles down and says, nope, we're sticking with this. We've started the season. We're going to roll with it. And then one of these guys looks at the numbers and says, holy crap, look at all this, man. This is madness. I'm not playing anymore. He okay. loses a whole year of free tuition, free room, free board, of which he should be paid for for his labor. But you're saying that because of a situation nobody has. Oh, shit. I can't. Bye, video. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm having cam problems today. I, I just, for, for me, it's it's one thing to say it to an adult and lay out the rules under which you will or will not participate for what benefit or what drawback. But I honestly just think that a, a 10 game season with no fans, fine. I, I whatever. I, I just think that the the situation for me is different with a college kid than it is with a professional athlete. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, the college told them they were going to pay for their room board. Is a college really going to say, hey, you're not playing football. Get out of here. No. Did they do Tyrone pro throw? What's that? No. Did they do that to pro throw? Oh, no. no. But I, so, so I'm saying what if what if there was no football? Would they get to stay? Would their tuition room and board still be covered? Would they still go to class yeah. and be enrolled students? So why not just go ahead and do that and not put them at risk? If you would have done it anyway, why not take the safer option and just say, you know what? At the end of the day, it's not worth it for these kids and their families. Because you cannot tell a college kid, you're going to stay here on campus and you better not leave or you're off the team. You can't so say that to a college kid. Your dad makes a good point here. 2019 revenue for football at UA was 108.2 million. They had just over 100 players. That's a million per player. The profit to the university was 45.9 million. Tell me they are not working. They are. They are. I am of the camp. Pay them a little bit. Give them a little stipend. That's fine. That's totally fine with me. But that's not the discussion we're having here. The discussion we're having here is college sports. Should they happen? Yes. Yeah, but but the problem. But here's is the thing: the universities will be running a deficit because there's probably not going to be any fans in the stadium. Yeah, but it, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, "Show up what you came to do," and at the same time say, "We're still going to pay your room and board if you don't do it." If they're laborers for the college and they should get a stipend, they're not doing their job. It's the right thing to do to to let them stay on on campus and still be enrolled. <clears throat> but 
it, it's either their job and they're paid for it or it's not. If, if, if I have a job on the university campus where I work in the library and then the library is closed due to COVID, they're not going to pay me. So is it a job and they're allowed to stay or not? And I'm happy that they're taking the middle road, but it's just, it's a situational argument that's being made. Let's, let's clear the tension here. Chrissy Robertson, Kevin says, I can't listen tonight. Tell Dave anything Adam says he agrees with. I guarantee you. You may not Christy, want to say that, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, you don't want to say that right now because I know you won't agree with Adam on this one. <laughs> I, I just, Adam, I, this is going to be the thing that we're going to have to do what our culture cannot do right now is say, I hear you. I respect your opinion. Mm -hmm. I will never agree with you. Yeah. I respect you as a person. You're my brother. I love you, man. But I will never agree with this point. I mean, I'm totally no. from the camp that the whole thing's overblown anyway. And you're from the I, exact opposite camp. So, yeah, I am. I, mean, I am. I mean, what's my favorite season? Football. You know, it's, my so, favorite, it's my favorite season, too. It's just the whole system is. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, Kathy, when a player dies, they'll feel differently. I, a, I cannot say a player won't die of COVID. I will be willing to bet you that a player will not die of COVID. Yeah, but that's the problem is it's not death in that age range. They, they, there are things like heart arrhythmias and blood clots and things that have been discovered with this. That'll end in a, an athlete's career permanently and completely ruin their earning potential. So do you have let's, – let's, let's play this out just a little bit for the sake of argument. Let's say you have a player was told you can either come on campus, you can play – um, or you're going to lose your year of eligibility and lose that chance you have to sell yourself, you know, in the midst of all this. And let's say he decides to play, but he gets it, ends up getting blood clots in his legs and can't, is told by doctors, you can never play football again. Does he have any legal recourse in any way to yeah. say playing for you, the University of Alabama, the NCAA, the SEC, whoever it is, all of my earning potential is now taken away for the rest of my life and the job that I came here to do. It's not like I'm an engineering student and I can take my class online. My earning potential is not going to be taken away, but you forced me to come here in person in order to get the benefits that you signed up for too, to, that, that, that for four years you would do this with me. It's obviously was wrong to play. We did it anyway. Now I'll never play football again. I think everybody's signing up for that. And I don't think anybody's looking that far down the road. So I would say 90% of the players that know they are going to go pro have an insurance policy against themselves. Who's going to pay for that though? Anybody, everybody. If they have an insurance policy against them, you have to get paid out. If you lose the ability to make, like there are many people, there are a lot of players. Like I know Matt Leinert, before he, you know, when he took ballroom dancing that one year just to play the last year at USC, he had a million dollar policy against yeah, him. Let's look at Matt Liner's family, dude. He is an outlier in college football. He went to USC. You know what his background was. How many of these kids are going to be able to have their families pay million dollar policies on them? Adam, I mean, let's, it's not realistic. Let's be, let's be real. You and I are Alabama apologists. We know that. You've got a Bear Bryant thing behind you. I wish I you do. could see how many Alabama things I have in my office right now, but you can't. Um, these players are getting paid anyway. 
they're getting money. Their family's taken care of. So to, to for us to sit here and say that they're not getting paid and not getting taken care of is is all moot anyway because they're getting paid and they are getting taken care yeah. of. See that so for me, I think that's the problem, man. And and we can we can move to the other topic after this if you want to. I don't want to drag us down, but this is the problem is you have entire universities and salaries of professors and everything being paid off the backs of these young men who have to receive money under the table for their families okay. to be taken care Stop. of. This is the most Stop. ridiculous thing Stop. I've ever heard. Man. Stop. That that is that is where you are wrong. The university and the athletic budget are two totally different things. Look at the university's books. The professors are not getting paid off of what these young men are making. So Shelby Hall was built off of engineering money? Shelby Hall was built because Senator Shelby donated mm -hmm. all that money. Okay. And it's Senator not, Shelby donated not, all of the money because Alabama was doing okay. Did he go? I mean, he went there. He had a lot of family there. Like, what was the deal there? Behind all of it, think about every building. Alabama wins national championships, and all of a sudden, there's apartments all over campus and upgrades there's everywhere. There's a Shelby building at every campus yeah, on the what I'm, what I'm saying. every university. In, what I'm in saying the is, Dave, it's just there's the, a big at each university. I understand. What I'm saying is that all of a sudden, right when Saban gets there, boom, the Ferg is nice and renovated. We were there in the Dubos years, man. Nothing was being built. We lived in dorms that were built 40 years before we got there. And they're still there. Saban gets there, and all of a sudden, all the things are nicer. Everything's better. It's you a can't different tell me there's no cross-play. Honestly, Swanson was not for building the campus like that. Okay. And I see people saying I'm wrong. I see people saying I'm right. You're not going to – you're not – we're going to have people go yes and no. Virgil, yes, the locker rooms – that's university. That's that's not university money. That is athletic budget. So money. you're telling me that every cent that comes off of TV revenue, concessions and everything goes only to the athletic department and none of it goes to anywhere else in the university. Yes. Chrissy Robinson, who works for Auburn, for our department anyways, we have 700 employees in our department. Zero money comes from football. That's because it's Auburn. That's a moot point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Regardless of the fact, man, none of the still, money that okay, none of the money for if, the university goes from that's comes fine. from football. That's true. All of the money gets sunk right back into the facilities for football. Then why do it? Then why do it? If the that's university it. doesn't benefit one red cent out of this, then why do it? If you the only thing it's going to do is pay athletic budget, put the athletic budget on hold like the rest of America is doing right now. And hold off until next year and see how it is. If the okay. university doesn't benefit, why do it? The the university does not benefit monetarily from the okay. season. But and this is a big but, and they do not lie. You other brothers can't deny. Can't deny. Yeah. But you went to the university for for studies. I, mm -hmm. I know that. You're not weird. What did I come to the University of Alabama for? To be in the band and watch football. Right. So it is a very good recruiting yeah. tool for people that are not football. Yeah. So why do it? Why do it for university recruiting? Okay. So even if the budgets are separate, the university has seen a boom because the football program is doing well. But not gotten a red cent from it. I didn't say red. Uh, yeah, assuming the budgets are separate. Most of the boom is because football is doing well. 
they have increased students, more students need, means you need more dorms, more dorm need means you get funding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So because of the football program, it has done better than it would okay. have had Franchoni stayed there. Do, do you want do you want to roll it out that far? Yes. Okay. No, I want to roll it out as far enough to say that you have a system sitting here where you're going to put these players at risk and you're going to tell them you're going to come on campus. You cannot leave. You will play football and let your yes be yes. And here's $500 under the table to give to your mama. Go tell her she can pay her electric bill. Okay. Now. That is the stupidest so, system I have ever seen in my life. And you just said it was that's the way it was. So let me. So let if me, it's out there in the open that that's how it is, the whole thing needs to be dismantled then. And that's a topic is, for another day. Right. This is where you and I differ from how we were raised. Your mother makes a great point. Cherish your children. Let them be kids until they have to be adults. That's after they finish college. I, to a point I agree, to a point I disagree. They're adults in, at 18. Mm -hmm. They're on their own at 18. Until they have to be, well, she means the same thing you, you said earlier of your job when you're in college is to go to school and to do your job. If you have to get a side job or something, fine. If you want to get a side job or something, fine. But you shouldn't have to have the full burden of adulthood placed on your shoulders while you're in college, even though a lot of people do and they do just fine. That's the point yeah. she's making. But what's the difference in how we were raised? I want to hear that. Well, because I was taught that when you do something, you, you see it through and you're an adult. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you, Adam. No, no, dude. I'm, I'm not <laughs> you saying better walk that, that one back. <laughs> I, I am. But I was I was raised. You know, I, you and I have told you the difference between our fathers. We've yeah. talked majorly. My dad raised me. He wasn't a military dad, but like a military dad. 18, you're an adult. I'll give you a stipend, but that's it. I'll, I love you, but you're on your own. Okay. Your dad, even now at almost 40, is like your best friend. And I, 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 dad, if you're listening, I love you, but I'm, I'm jealous of the relationship you and Virgil have. But I think some of the things my dad taught me of, you know, you start a job, you see it through, you, you let your yes be yes, you, you prayerfully consider something. And if you say, yeah, I'm going to play the season, you play the season. I think that's the difference. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree that if you say you play the season, you should see it through. But saying that going back to what the yes being yes originally is, is you've committed to us. You signed up for this. If you don't show up, tough on you, man. But if you do show up, we're going to continue to do all the things and money under the table and we'll take care of your family. And here's a car from the dealership down the street and all that other stuff. You want all that little things? You're going to have to show up. And never mind that you're going to take this home to your Nana and she's going to die. You don't have to worry about that because you're going to stay here in the dorm. And again, it's different to tell a, a, a NBA player, you're going to stay at the Grand Floridian and you're going to be in an isolated area and you're not allowed to leave, but are paying you a million dollars to do it. Versus you've got to come into a public dorm that nobody's cleaning, that nobody's taking care of except for you. And you're going to be in cl crowded classrooms with people in crowded lunchrooms with all your other players and in team meetings all the time. And that's what you have to do to get the benefit. It's two complete. One is in a bubble and one is in public. And you can't say that there's not a bigger risk just because of their age in that, because they have actually more risk. Because if I have a heart problem, blood clots, anything comes out of this with my lungs, I can't play anymore. Ever again, potentially, not just death. 
I, and I, I get it. And you can't compare the two. And I don't think I don't think college sports. I don't think it's time because you require on in person enrollment on a campus environment to do it. Who cares if there aren't fans in the stands? That just protects the fans. These kids are around each other all the time. There will there won't be fans in the stands. I mean, you that just I, protects that just protects the fans. That doesn't protect the yeah. fl- players. Who cares? You, you, you and I talked about it this afternoon. You know, they've already told the fans, the students, that they're bringing the tickets back. They're giving well, their money back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you think about it like Major League Baseball. Two thirds of the games you watch on TV are mostly empty anyway. If there are no fans in the stands, it doesn't really. You can't really tell the difference because they pipe in the crowd noise. You can't even really tell. If there aren't fans in the stands at an Alabama game, it's going to be hard to watch. No, it won't. Yeah, it will. It will. You may say that because you really want to watch it, but if there's no marching band or if the marching band is smaller, your band, band geek hat, uh, red flag is going to go up and be like, man, that just doesn't sound the same. When they I'll pipe in when they pipe in an edited Dixieland Delight, and they don't have to worry about people screaming over it. It's just going to sound weird. It's not going to be the same. But. I'll have it piped in at my, my, my Taj Mahal over here. There you go. So, I, lively discussion tonight. It really is. And, it's good. And it should is, be. Yeah, this is where you and I are, are never going to agree. And, and we've, we've, we've known that forever. I, I mean, this is why we don't do a sports show anymore, because we enjoy our friendships. <laughs> <That's actually true>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I am of the camp, and sue me if I'm wrong. I'm of the camp that the country needs sports. The country needed sports in 9-11. The country needs sports now to, to get everything back. And Kathy, I love you. Kathy just says, Dave, you're still my favorite unsung. Uh, thank you. There, there, this, is what, this is what the country needs. I think the country needs to see you and I yelling at each other for a show. They do. To say, we're best friends. We're brothers. But we can agree and we can agree. We can say, hey, we agree to disagree. Sure. Wait, what, we but get, think about it like this. What if, what if you, let me throw this out there before you transition away. What if you had an opportunity this year for these people, these students, children, kids, young adults, whatever you want to call them. What if you had an opportunity for them to really focus on classes, to start to learn about what they want to do after football? What if they had an opportunity to do that for a year? And then what you do is instead of playing games, you run some mini camps. And you bring in some scouts in the stands. You give them a chance to showcase their abilities. A couple of small scrimmages. I mean, do a couple of A-day game type stuff if you want to. But what if you just gave them a year Fine. to think about life? Like Let kids them. are supposed to do in college. But they're not kids. They're adults. Well, whatever you want to call them. What if you gave them an opportunity to just think about life this year in the midst of everything that's going on? And if they say, you know what, I love football too much. I'm going to move to a school that's actually going to play it. Or I'm not actually even going to enroll because I'm not playing football. There's nothing I can do. Do it. Yeah. But, but if you sat there and you watched your child at age 18 making a decision that, and, and again, we don't know what things are going to be like in September. Let's say it spikes again in the fall and a million people are getting this a week. And, and the NCAA and the SEC said, we're already halfway through the season. We're sticking with this. If you saw your son walking into that willingly every day, putting his life at risk. Honestly, we'd all be remiss as true adults if we didn't tell them, hey, you're young. Here's my advice. And just I mean, to say, going- hey, you signed up for it. Go make your decision. Go with it. You're 18. Yeah, but you're also only 18. We're going to give them advice. That, that, so 
there is the difference. I think what you're seeing and what your mom is saying and what I'm what I'm saying are two totally different things. Y'all see me saying as you made the choice, now you get to live with it. That's not the case. My father, even now at almost 40, gives me advice anytime I mm -hmm. ask for it. Sure. I, I am not going to tell my daughters, nope, push the other desk, we're done. I will sit there and pray with them. I will sit there and talk with them. I will help them make a pros and cons list. I will do everything I can to help set them up and, and point them in the right path. But once you have made that choice to go down that path, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. Sure. I, I agree with that. But I think that's my point to sum it up nicely, at least I think nicely, is I think as adults, we should make that decision easy for them. And just say, you know what? There's not really a good way to pull this off. We're going to find another way for you to showcase your talents to the people that need to see it. But a season is not the right way to do it. And I think we as adults owe it to these younger people who, yes, they may be 18, but they can't even drink yet. And there's a reason for that because their full sense of right and wrong hasn't completely developed yet. That's obvious. I mean, if you ever walked the strip on a Saturday night, it's pretty obvious that it hasn't fully developed yet. I think we as adults owe it to them to say, you know what? It's not the right thing to do. We're not going to put your future at risk just so that we can watch you and TV can have you and we can build our university on your backs one more year. We're actually going to give you a little break. And I think we as adults owe it to them to do that. That's my, my closing thought on it. Okay. All right. Once again, we'll never, we'll never agree on this. Yeah, it's true. And that's okay. It is. Because you know what, Dave? They're going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. And at the end of the day, it makes for a great podcast. I think so. And this is like therapy you, for me. It is for me as well. If you want to get your opinion heard, what's the best way to do it? Shout it into a microphone and make your own podcast. If you don't have the time for that, though, you can call 650-UAB-SHOW. That is a phone number on your cellular phone or actually home phone, your direct line, if you still have one, um, landline, a uh, 650 UAB show. You'll hear a quick uh, little message from us and then a beep, leave a message beep. after that. We will play it and vehemently discuss like we did this tonight, whatever topic it is you want to, um, you want to talk about. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Oh boy. Oh boy. You can read it yourself. <laughs> yeah. So my you. wife, Blair, says that my son will not be an adult in eight years. The government may classify him as one, but he does not magically become an adult at 18. Um, and he'll still have our financial support and counsel, even if he's responsible for his actions. I agree and with that. I agree with everything she just said, mm -hmm. except for the adult part. I have 18 years before I say, Ellie, Harper, I've done what I can. God has given me 18 years with you under my roof. When you come back, if you choose to leave your first year for freshman year of college, God has given me 18 years with you under my roof. If you choose to come back, you will still abide by my rules under my roof. But when you're at college, I will give you advice. I will let you have, I, I, I am here for you 24 seven. But when you're at college, under away from my roof, away from my rules, you're an adult. 
I have inst- I have hopefully instilled my you're, you're carrying the name Adams. I can only tell you that you are carrying my name. You make your own choices. And I don't I don't want to turn this horse completely into glue by beating it further. I do have a counterpoint to that though. I think that the difference is when my child leaves to go to college, I cannot directly stop them at any point from making a bad decision. I can only hear about it afterwards if they made it and help them deal with the consequences or celebrate with them when they didn't make the bad decision. In the football scenario we're talking about here, the NCAA, the SEC, and these colleges have the opportunity to stop a bad decision from being made before it's made. And they're pressing it further and allowing it to be made when they have the control to stop it. So when I send my child off, I can't. But these powers that be collectively are allowing this to continue because of the financials of the situation. And that's what makes it wrong to me. But there's not financials. There is for the athletic departments. They're, and if they're I'm the president to... of a university, that's a line item on my balance sheet, just as much as the engineering school or the library. And I don't want to have to lay people off. And if I could just get that TV money, I'd be good. I, that's the difference. So the, the, all, all that to say, my only counterpoint is, yes, when you let your child go, they have to make the best decision they can. And that's the parent's perspective. But the universities and the and the NCAA could say, you know what, we're going to make the best decision for you in this case, because you're technically under our roof. So technically. So, all right. We wanted, I wanted to get into professional sports, but I didn't expect this to take the entire show. <laughs> that was, that would have been a much lighter conversation. You should it really would have. <laughs> <laughs> but what's always on my, my mind, Alabama football. Of course. Um, so, but guys, if you want to get a hold of the show, you got the phone number uh, at unrelated at birth on Instagram at not related bros on Twitter. I'm at D Adams 419 on both of them. He's at run tight run on Instagram. He's since deleted his Twitter. Um, I, 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 I can't, I can't imagine what people are saying who are listening to the show in their car at home. I can't wait for Vance to yell at me on, uh, on the unrelated <laughs> birth Facebook group. Um, if you feel so led, uh, you don't have to, but if you feel so led patreon.com backslash unrelated birth, $5 a month. Um, that's a lunch a month. Not even a lunch. Can you get a lunch for $5 anymore? Besides anywhere but Taco Bell? Uh, Wendy's. Is it any good? Do a four for four. It's not bad. I mean, it's not it's great. Not, it's it's not as good as listening to this show four times well, a month. Exactly, right? So if you would like to to give to the show, it's five dollars a month. Anything we give. So what you are watching right now, if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, is StreamYard.com. This is what what we've gotten from uh, yep. from the show from from Patreon. So thank you, and it can only get better from here. Um, I appreciate every single one of you. We we've had a good steady conversation tonight. I, I do have to say, Kathy and Virgil, you did a great job raising your son. I, I don't want you to feel like I have poo-pooed your your raising your son tonight i i i i thank you for the friendship that your son has giving given me 
over these 20 something years. And I thank you for how uh, the, the way that you raised him, the, you know, his entire life. I thank you for we, that too. We, we disagree on a lot of things, but I think that's because of how we were raised. Um, I, I, you did a great job with your son and you did the best job of your ability and, and you did a great job. Um, but we disagree, but, <laughs> uh, what's, what's that, that song? There's just you and me and we just disagreed. It, so yeah. let's leave it alone. because <laughs> We can't see that. <laughs> there ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. That's right. um, but guys, we say it every week besides Kathy and Virgil, we love you. Every, every single one of you that listens, be it 14, as we've been accused of last this week on somebody's Facebook, <laughs> be it 114, be it 1,014, I don't care. Thank you to each and single, each and every single one of you who listen to this show and take time out of your day to, to, to give us, to lend us your ear holes. We love you guys. And, and that's not just a catchphrase. We truly, truly mean it. Adam, take them home. Yeah, guys, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Be kind to each other. And you know what? Go find something to talk with somebody about where you can be honest and handle it like we did. You don't have to thump our chests or anything like that, but we can all disagree on things, guys. And it doesn't mean we have to stop being friends or being kind or loving each other. So go out there, guys. Have a safe week, and we will catch you next time. Bye.